je ne sais pas. It means, today mother died, or maybe yesterday, I don't know. But I do know. I know exactly when mother died. It was ten years ago today. I was only seven at the time, and I was there when it happened. The memory of it comes to me now and then in little sketches and vignettes, individual moments. I hardly ever play back the whole memory start to finish. The psychologist I used to see said that was normal and that it would get easier with time. It didn't. What's your take, Gwendolyn? Mr. Lawrence asks. I hear his voice. I even understand the question. But my mind is too far away to answer. I'm in the back seat of the old Honda, my eyes barely open, my head against the cool glass of the window. The rhythm of the car as it bounces down the dirt track on the outskirts of Algiers is pulling me toward sleep. Then I feel the thrum of the tires over the road slow and hear my mother gasp. I open my eyes, look out the windshield, and see fire. Gwendolyn Bloom? Paging Gwendolyn Bloom? I snap back to the present and turn to Mr. Lawrence. He holds his hands cupped around his mouth like it's a megaphone. Paging Gwendolyn Bloom, he says again. Can you tell us what Camus means by benign indifference of the world? Though part of my mind is still back in the Honda, I begin speaking anyway. It's a long answer and a good one, I think. But Mr. Lawrence is looking at me with a little smirk. It's only after I'm speaking for about 20 seconds that I hear everyone laughing. In English, please, Mr. Lawrence says arching an eyebrow and looking at the rest of the class. I'm sorry, I say quietly, fidgeting with my uniform skirt and tucking a strand of my fire engine red hair behind my ear. What? You were speaking French, Gwendolyn, Mr. Lawrence says. Sorry, I must have been thinking of something else. You're supposed to be thinking about the benign indifference of the world, he says. One of the girls behind me says, Jesus, what a pretentious snob. She draws the words out and adds a roll of her eyes for effect. I turn and see it's Astrid Fugel. She's also 17, but she looks at least 21. Her dad owns an airline. Enough, Astrid, Mr. Lawrence says. But I'm staring at her now, drilling into her with my eyes. Astrid Fugel whose earrings are more valuable than everything in my apartment, is calling me a pretentious snob? Astrid continues. I mean, she drops in here at the beginning of the year from wherever and thinks she's all superior, and now, oh look, she's talking in French. Not like us dumb Americans. Just look how sophisticated she is. Queen of the trailer park. Mr. Lawrence cuts her off. Stop it, Astrid. Now. A few of the kids are nodding in agreement with Astrid. A few others are laughing. I can feel myself trembling, and my face is turning hot. Every synapse in my brain is trying to force the reaction away, but I can't. Why does anger have to look so much like humiliation? The guy sitting next to Astrid, Connor Monroe, leans back in his seat and grins. Check it. She's crying which isn't true. But now that he said it, it's as good as reality in the minds of the other kids.
LOLOLOLOL, Gwenny Bloom lost her shit and cried in world lit. Hashtag pretentious snob. Hashtag 212 justice. The school bell in the hallway rings, and like a Pavlovian trigger, sends everyone scrambling for the door. Mr. Lawrence holds his book up in the air in a sad little attempt to keep order, shouting, We begin again tomorrow, same place. Then he turns to me. And you'll be up first, Bloom. You have all night to meditate on the benign indifference of the world. So come up with something good. And in English, por favor. I nod that I will and gather up my stuff. Outside the classroom, Astrid Fugel is at her locker, surrounded, as always, by her disciples. She's doing an imitation of me, a monologue in fake French, her shoulders hunched, nose squashed with her index finger. My eyes down with the proper beta deference, I slide by her and her friends on my way to my own locker. But Astrid.